First time I was here, I was a guest of the house. After I've been here once, I consider myself a friend of the house. And so, you know, friends get to say what guests can't. So, uh, so we are believing this morning that we have the ability to do that. And uh, really, uh, uh, Pastor Tracy, you know, you, you, you are taking a chance on me because we've not had that opportunity to, to really bond and bind together like you usually do when you have someone come in and you trust them to speak uh, into your Sunday morning service. And Elizabeth, I'm so grateful. She, she's liaisoned uh, this relationship. But at the same time, uh, you know, we, we work together and what a privilege that is. Can you lift your hands one more time? Oh, let me just thank the worship team. Wow. Ah. Coming week. Wow. <sighs> Lift your hands again all over the room. God, we are just so grateful to be in your presence. God, our ears are not here to be tickled. Father, our minds are not here just to be informed. Our hearts are not just here to be touched. But God, we come into your presence because everything we're not, you are. Father, we come into your presence because it's here that everything that is weak has an ability to be made strong. Father, everything, Father, that does not reflect your image has the opportunity to be transformed and to come forth into your image. Father, everything that has no ability to impact or to influence, Father, in your presence is going through a change so that we have legacy in the earth. And so, Father, we have fruit for our actions, and we have harvest, Father, for our efforts. Father, we pray right now as we're sitting here with maybe one or two people sitting here of our family, but Father, we sit here representing our family. So those that are not here, spouses, children, grandchildren, Father, right now, we just declare afresh, Father, in the name of Jesus, as Moses said, he says, I am not leaving without the family of God. We're all going. Father, right now, Father, we declare from this place that we represent legacy, that we represent our family line. Father, that we pull them into alignment, Father, with your spirit. Father, that as we sit here and are obedient to you, that you are doing a work of life giving in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the new season that we've come into. But God, I ask for this house and I ask for the individuals that are sitting in this place. God, we ask for in this new alignment, Father, for new clarity on assignments. Father, that we might be a people that don't wait till half the year is over before we have a, a light to our path. But God, right from the very beginning as a prophetic house, Father, we thank you that there's clarity, that there's light to walk in. Father, that there's purposeful uh, places to put our foot. And Father, that there is corporate authority and there's the shout of victory within our mess. Father, right now, I pray for all of these. I saw visitors' hands. Father, we know that there's people here, Father, that, that are, have all sorts of needs. But God, we recognize this. Father, there is such a simple truth. You said when we seek first your kingdom, 
your righteousness, all the other things that the Gentiles declare they need. Father, that you said that you will give to us. And so, Father, I speak movement in the spiritual realm this morning. Anything, Father, that has felt uh, locked up, anything that has felt contained, anything that has felt limited, anything that has felt delayed, Father, right now, you have a promise out there that says when we come to seek you first in your righteousness. God, that's what we're doing this morning. And so angels, be released on our behalf right now to be able to gather those other things that are necessary to life and life abundantly in the name of Jesus. And everybody give the Lord a shout. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We do love you. Um, as a prophetic house, um, I just want to jump in with the scripture here. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, your phone, tablet, whatever, Jeremiah 33, 3. We know that we are in a season where we our sight is going from glory to glory. Our sight, our prophetic sight is going from faith to faith. It's going to level to level. But if you don't know what to look for, you can miss it. And so I believe that the Spirit of God is not just putting the telescope out there. He is also uh, uh, focusing the microscope so that you and I have an intentionality to be able, oh, what is it that I am looking for in this hour? Because as a, a prophetic people, yes, we're surprised, but more often we should release our faith through expectation because what we have already seen that God is moving us into. And so in Jeremiah 33, 3, this is really going to be a key scripture uh, for many this year. It says, ask of me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Now, just give me a moment to unpack this for you. This isn't my message this morning, but I want your prophetic sight so increased in this season. He starts out by saying, this is a time where I want you to inquire of me. Don't expect it to fall on you. Don't expect it just to rain. Don't expect it to be like the, the I don't, forgive me, I don't know, uh, American football, you know, where they come and tackle you. The revelation is not going to come and tackle you to the ground uh, 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 or that. But this is a time where you're going to inquire of the Lord. And it's wonderful. There's a relational aspect of inquiring of the Lord. But there's also something that happens when you start inquiring of the Lord. You want to hear what it is? Facts, clarity, and details. Many of us are satisfied with encouragement, edification, and comfort. And believe me, you have to have that to keep moving forward. It's like fuel in your tank. But facts, clarity, and detail comes with inquiring of the Lord. So how can I say that that's true? When uh, David was running from Saul in the desert, and he's so weary. God, is there anywhere that I can go up into? He's inquiring of the Lord. And the Lord's answer was yes. See, I don't know about you, but I could tell you about me. Used to, the yes was enough. I was just so thrilled I'd heard anything from God. I was, I mean, I was so excited. Yes, there's a place. Yes. Because, it, you know, we know that we're made to be able to hear from God. And I would have been so satisfied, I would have left my inquiry at that point. But David didn't. David realized, you know, yes, in the middle of the desert isn't enough. 
But God, where do I go up? Was his next inquiry. Brings facts, clarity, and detail when we start inquiring of the Lord. Lord says, yes, go on up. And he tells him where to go into Hebron. And he does go up and he has a time of safety there. Rebecca, when she is pregnant with a child, you know that other people had to have babies. There had to be midwives around about her. She did not go to them to ask what was going on in her belly. It says, Rebecca made inquiry of God what was going on. And listen, if nothing else changes your mind about this, this scripture will this morning, God's response to her when she said, God, what is going on in my belly? He says, Rebecca, it's a good thing you ask. Did you hear that? That meant what's coming next, you wouldn't know if you hadn't made inquiry of God. The facts, the clarity, the details. And so he says, Rebecca, by the way, there's two nations in your womb. They're battling one another. The elder's going to serve the younger. Not real good news, but, you know, uh, uh, now you will know and not take you by surprise. Right? That's basically the content that he brought her. So this scripture starts out, and and what we're doing is we're helping focus your prophetic sight for the season we're moving into. It says, ask of me. And that's what we're going to learn to do. And so lift your hands. Father, again, we don't hear direction from you, Father, uh, just to write it on a notepad. Father, we hear direction from you because it sets our feet in obedience. It sets our heart, Father, to fulfill what you have asked. So we say, write it upon our heart, not just our head, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now look at this next part. It says, ask of him, but now he already begins to tell you what he's going to do when you ask. And he says, I will tell you remarkable secrets. I find any secret remarkable. You know, but if God calls his secret a remarkable secret, I mean, it's got to have a little bit of the awe, you know, that goes with it. I mean, remarkable. I can't believe that. Remarkable. Why does he say that? Don't you love the scripture that says God will do more than you can think, dream, or expect? I think that's part of the remarkable. What he means is if you are believing him for something, you can figure out you're operating on the wrong realm. Did you catch that? He says, and I will tell you remarkable secrets. Okay, if you would have already known it, it wouldn't have been a secret. And if it was just a bit of information, it wouldn't have been remarkable. So he's helping your prophetic sight in this season that we're going into. Inquire of me, and I'm going to tell you some remarkable secrets. But now listen to this next part. He says, things that you do not know. Okay. See, there's a lot of things I know. There's a lot of things I think I know. There's a lot of things my husband knows. There's a lot of things I know he doesn't know. You know, I mean, that's just one of those kind of, one of, those kind of things, you know. But here he says that you, that you do not know. This really helps because as a prophetic people, what frustrates us the most? Not knowing. <laughs> what causes my heart to beat a little faster other than his presence? What causes my, my, my belly to churn a little bit more than, than usual? It's the not knowing. I don't like the not knowing. Believe me, I love following the Spirit of God. I love what Moses says. I'll go anywhere your spirit goes. I won't go anywhere your spirit doesn't go. I love that part. But I'm a prophet, and God, you promised me that you will not do anything in the earth 
without telling me what you're doing. And so now when you tell me that you're going to tell me things I don't know, you know, I've got that space and that gap of time right here where I'm going, ah, I don't like this. I don't like how this feels. Gravity has just left planet Earth. Ugh. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking by faith. I like walking by a little bit more prophetic sight than that. And, <laughs> you know, but, but I'm moving ahead because I'm understanding that he's doing something so swiftly, it's not the same information two steps forward like it was in the last season. Okay, lastly, this is just the introduction. What is he going to tell you remarkable secrets about that you don't know? It says about things to come. Why do I want to say that? Some of you here, bless your hearts, you're still wanting to get healed from the trauma of the past. Listen, I release healing to you because I know the healer, Jesus. I believe God will restore. I believe God will make you better than ever before. I believe God will take the things that were meant for your harm and he will turn them to your good. I'm not making light of any of those things. But I'll tell you what, if that's where your focus is, is behind you, you're going to miss what he's showing you in the prophetic sight right now. So here he said, he says, I am going to uh, cause you to know about things not just behind you, not just currently what you're standing into, but about things to come. Isn't that incredible? Things to come. Lift your hands one more time. Father, we thank you for the prophetic sight. Father of this house. Father, we thank you for the prophetic people. We thank you for the prophets, the gift of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy that dwells within this place that is almost easier to prophesy than it is not. And Father, I thank you for that. But Father, right now you said you're going to give us those remarkable secrets about things that we don't know, but they are things that are to come. And so, Father, that means that you want a people prepared that have an ability to prepare others. Father, you want a people that are prepared so they can take educated risks. Father, you want a people prepared so they can become highway markers. Father, you want a people prepared. Father, so they can stand and say, don't go this way, go this way. You want a people prepared, Father, that you can point to them. Father, and say, see, see, watch, watch. Father, you want a people prepared so out of their mouth, they can say, follow after me as I follow after the Lord. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, for our prophetic season that we are moving into, Father, we declare that over our own lives. We will ask of you. You will tell us remarkable secrets that we do not know, and you are giving us information about that which is to come. We receive it as part of our alignment and assignment for this season in Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, now, one of the things that I like to do, I know where a lot of prophets wait till um, December 31st and the first week of January to be able to speak about the new season, but I always try to do it about two months out. And the reason I love to do it is I absolutely adore how we prophesy in part. And so when you get all the prophets together, we all have our little piece. And so when you put more of your little pieces together, you have a bigger piece, right? But also, when you do it before you hear the others, you become a voice, not an echo. And so it doesn't, it doesn't mean that your voice is better or more elite. It's just that it has the clarity and the authority that God has given you to carry 
for that. And so in the same time, even though this is my second time to my, this house, I'm kind of new here. And so what it means is I, I'm not here to repeat a prophecy that somebody else has repeated. I don't remember what I prophesied last time. So there is a, there's, a fresh, there's a freshness in that. And so I want us to look a little bit at this. In 2016, you probably heard words like reset, recalibration, uh, the, the turning of the tides, and those are the words that you heard a lot in 2016. We're still in 2016. But it involved and continues to involve, you know, part of the reset is what it does is it gives you an opportunity to eliminate past failures, to uh, get rid of old fears. It gives you the ability to remove discouragement. It gives you the ability, the opportunity uh, to remove disappointments. But also, in that time of resetting, you have the ability to break old cycles that would sabotage you and cause you to circle around whether it's an issue-based thing, where it's a relationship-based thing, whether it's an identity-based thing, whether it's a theological-based thing, whether it's a religious-based thing, whether it's a cultural-based thing, you have the opportunity to do that. So why am I saying that? Because so often when you have a word like that that comes forth, you conceive it, that seed is put within you. But how many know you don't conceive and give birth in the same season? So often, the very words that are spoken for, the, for a season of beginning is your conception, but you don't often see the fullness of the manifestation of that until the next season. And so between now and the next 35 minutes, I want to make sure everyone in this room knows how to fully embrace that and have that manifested in your own life. I'm not going to try to go into my full year message. I'm trying to go right into this place where you know, boy, I am absolutely in the right place at the right time, ready to represent the fullness of what God wants represented, not only for me, but for this house that God has called me to. And so that's, that's uh, what I'm, I want us to look at. Now, another word that you probably heard in this last season, which was a seed that I still believe is in the middle of its birthing, is that we're in a tipping point season. Now, let me tell you what that looks like uh, on the larger scale. We're in a tipping point season that God is still giving us the opportunity to recover the greatness that was lost in our nations. And so we have that moment. But what does that mean individually for you if you're in a tipping point season? And um, that means when you have scales, did you know it doesn't take something big and weighty to tip the scales? It takes something just a tiny bit heavier than what's on that other scale, and it creates a tipping point. So what if this, and I, I may get to it, I may not get to it. Well, the elections were a tipping point. Brexit for England, where I live, was a tipping point. Um, both of those, does, I'm not talking about your political opinion. I'm not saying that. Regardless, it's a tipping point. It is a place of change. And this is the word the Lord gave me for Brexit, the same word for Trump being elected. This is a merciful, severe course correction for our nations. 
But what does that mean for you and I? We're the ones that get the benefit of that, but we're the ones that walk it out as well. And so the Lord has given us another chance to recover lost greatness in our nations. Now, how do we get this turned around for you now? So it's not words, and it's not simply a goal line, but it's what you're currently operating in. This is a strategy I believe that the Spirit of God has given me this morning for you. If you got your Bibles, open it to 2 Kings 20. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. Don't you love the fact that God is not stingy with information? Don't you adore the fact that his words cannot be spoken without power to accomplish what they were sent to do? Yes, I love all that. Okay, for those of you that have already got there, you realize this is a story of Hezekiah. I'm going to read it to you starting in verse 1. It says, In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. Turn to your neighbor and say, Thank God that's not me. Okay. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Look at your other neighbor and say, Thank God that's not me. Verse 2, it says, And then he turned his face toward the wall, and he prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember, O Lord, I pray, how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Verse 4, And it happened before Isaiah had gone into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. Verse six. And I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant, David. This is the part that I wanted you to see. Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. When you're in a place where you say that which we desire, that which we want, or that which we don't want to happen, when you're at a place where you realize that no amount of money and no amount of favor can accomplish it for you but God, you turn your face to the wall. You only see him. You only want to hear what he has to say at that moment. You only want to be aligned by what he is putting within the midst of you. Now listen to his prayers. He says, but God, he says, remember my obedience, remember my great loyalty, you know, that I had. Well, listen, I read uh, other parts of Hezekiah's life. They weren't always so loyal and they were always so obedient. But that's very much like you and me, isn't it? We love, we love the Lord. We're passionate about him. We're intimate with him. And yet, everything that we've done has not been the greatest. And yet, Hezekiah was here that said, remember me. And listen to what God said. He says, I am not doing this for your sake. I'm doing this for my servant David's sake. Who? What just happened? There's a continuity that God connected Hezekiah to. He says, because of the prayers that went before you, because of the obedience that went before you, because of the acts of, of authority and righteousness and the cry of morality that went before you, 
He says, I am going to relent and I'm going to give you back 15 years of your life. This is what this means for you. God is bringing a life and a life abundantly, not just a restoration from physical death, because of what is needed in this next season. And so he wants to be able to bring this life, this quality of life, this abundant life that he wants to bring. And he says, it's not based upon your credit history. It's based upon Jesus's credit history on the cross. And he says, because of that, I will remember you. Lift your hands again in this room. Father, right now, every one of us, Father, that have tried to disqualify ourselves because the enemy has done a good job with the spirit of condemnation. I come against that right now in the name of Jesus. I pull the covers uh, of exposure off of that right now. And Father, we speak to the heavy yoke of that and we say, be broken in Jesus's name. And Father, we speak a release, Father, to rise up and be who you said we are based upon what your son has done for us, not based upon our credit history, that we are not left behind, that we can be part of the first troops that race in to fulfill what you want in this hour, not because we earned it, but because you are already planned it and delivered it on our behalf. We receive that afresh this morning saying your blood was enough. We receive that afresh this morning saying that you paid the fullness of the debt in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now I want to just finish that scripture right there. It says that God says, I will deliver you and I will deliver the city. There is something about your destiny that is so connected to this city. I don't believe that's just because you're intercessors. I don't believe it's just because it's part of the, 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 the vision. Um, I, I don't even believe it's just part of the culture or part of the message. If I could tell you what it looks like in the spirit, it looks like this. You know when there, a child is conceived and then uh, the, the, the fertilized seed attaches itself to the wall of the womb so it has the ability to draw uh, nutrition and life from that? The Spirit of God says, surely says the Lord, he says that I have made you a womb. And I have made you, says the Lord, he says, with life-giving sustenance. And I have made you as one, says the Lord. He says that you'd be willing to give of your own strength. He says, even for my purposes of the city and the nation. And the Spirit of God says, so surely says the Lord. He says, even though you have been in a season, and I'm talking about I would probably say almost the last six years. That probably doesn't involve everybody here. May not even, I don't know how long the church has been here to know uh, how long that has been. But I feel like there's something that's going on. And the Spirit of the Lord says this. He says, you have known the privilege and the cost. The privilege and the cost, says the Lord. But the Spirit of God says, in this season, says the Lord, he says, you're going to have an understanding rather than just a roller coaster ride of the privilege and the cost. And this is the comparison that the Lord is speaking in this house about. The Lord says that when Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, her motherhood was filled with privilege and great cost. When Mary was pregnant with Jesus, her motherhood was filled with great privilege and great cost. And the word of God says, 
if you're going to build something, you count the cost first, knowing that you have the ability to complete it, not just the ability to start it. Now, I'm going to come back to that moment, just a moment, because I, I don't think that I'm giving a teaching and then prophesying. I think this whole thing is prophesying this morning. When Hezekiah turned his face to the, to the wall, all he could see was the Lord. That was the only place that his help came from, was the Lord. And his face was turned there. But the Bible tells us that the veil has been lifted. And when we turn our face to look upon the Lord, whatever characteristics and how we see him, we are transformed into the very same, self-same image that we have the ability to see. Why is the Lord saying, I want you to have the fullness of your turnaround season so you're aligned for what we're in now? Why is the Lord saying that? And what is it he's wanting you to see about him with your face turned toward the wall? Listen, we have known Jesus as a healer. We still will. We've known him as a savior. We always will. We've known him uh, through the Holy Spirit as a comforter, as the teacher. Those things are continuous. We know him as the deliverer. We know him as the resurrection. We know all of those things. All of those things God never takes away. But I'll tell you what, as you turn your face to the wall right now, how does Jesus want to be seen right now based upon what he wants to put on the inside of you? This is a season where we are going to know Jesus is the king as never before. This is a season where we are going to know him uh, as the monarch. This is a season we're going to know him in his majesty. This is a season we're going to know him in absolute power. This is a season we're going to know him seated upon the throne. This is a season we're going to know him with the scepter uh, lifted. This is a season where we are going to understand courtly uh, 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 uh uh, protocol. This is a season that we are going to see how the other nations respond to the king. You know, the word of God says that he's the king of the Jews. The word of God says that he's the king of kings. We're those kings that are created in his image. But I love what it says in Zechariah. It says, now he will be known as the king of all the earth. <sighs> Lift your hands right now. Oh, no, just put them on your eyes. Father, right now, as we turn our face toward the wall to make sure that we're fully in this season that you have for us, God, we ask to be able to see you in your kingly robes. We ask to be able to know you in your majesty, to, to know you in your absolute power. God, we ask uh, uh, to be able to see you in these areas that we have never seen before. Father, we want to see the monarch. We want to see the sovereign. But Father, as any good king uh, protects his people, as any good people uh, king provides opportunity for the people and their children, as any good king uh, 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 makes rules uh, and boundaries for the greater protection of the people, the Spirit of God says, you are going to be known as my king, says the Lord, and I am going to... Uh, release you into a new regional transformation anointing, says the Lord. And the Spirit of God says that you will be good kings upon the earth. You will be those, says the Lord, for the benefit of the others, that you will have an ability, says the Lord, to build a quality of life for those around about you. And we say, God, let us see you in your kingship in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, um, whether you look at the um, 
Hebraic calendar, which is 5777. I'm not preaching that message. Or whether you look at the year we're going into, 2017. We still have a lot of sevens, don't we? And seven, as far back as we can see, historically and religiously, has always meant a perfection and a completion. Now, a lot of people are going to mean say, oh, that means Jesus is coming soon, you know? But it's not. So you have to ask the question, what is it that the Spirit of God is wanting to perfectly complete on the inside of you? What is it that he is wanting to perfectly complete within his church today so that he can begin again? Especially if we're people that we really have entered a merciful, severe course correction. What is that uh, 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 perfected completion that he is releasing? And I don't know it all, but I'm going to touch on some things. I believe that in some of your lives that you've got some longstanding issues. Some things that you have not been able to overcome. Some victories that need to be won. I believe this is your time for perfected completion. I believe some of you are standing in the middle of your miracle, particularly in the area of healing and finances. And this is your time for a perfect completion in the midst of that. But I believe a plague entered the earth about 20 years ago. And that plague is called depression. And I believe that the Spirit of God, even during this time where he is uh, perfectly completing some things... I believe that we are going to see victory over that plague of depression that has been released upon many and released upon the earth. You know, if I was the enemy, I would, I would, I would cause you to be depressed. Why? You, don't, you, you lose your get up and go. You know, when you feel a lack of energy, what happens? You don't think good of yourself. It, it, you don't, uh, you, you wait for something else to happen. You're always in a place where, where you feel under instead of over. And I believe that what the Lord is bringing a perfected completion at this time, that's a plague that he is going to touch on. Lift your hands another time. Father, right now, just as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, that they came out of the fiery furnace, not even smelling like smoke. Father, right now, whoo, let the winds of your spirit just blow over us in this place. Father, everything that's been those long-standing issues, let the smell of smoke even just blow off of us in Jesus' name. And the Lord says, I'll give you grace to uh, a fight for even the most desperate situations as you turn your face to the wall and you turn your face toward me, says the Lord. And I think that's very important also you know as Lot's wife looked back you're going to have to remind yourself at this time don't look back this is not your season just don't look back there's so much amazing and new that's in this season uh don't look back uh during this time now you got to finish somewhere because I want to prophesy over you so I'm going to finish with this if we're going to see him as king Jesus what does it look like does it look like um the red robes, does it look like uh, the gold crown? What does it really look like if we're going to look at King Jesus? Because the word of God tells us that he wants to show us remarkable things, remarkable secrets. So what does it look like? If it doesn't look like what I think it looks like, then what might it look like? Psalms 24, 7 and 8. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King, King Jesus, the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, 
the Lord mighty in battle. We are going to turn our face to the wall. We are going to see King Jesus. We are going to have a fresh identity and character of God developed in us that we might be the kings of the king. But what is it for? God is creating conflict in the earth so that he can cause your identity to be infused with victory and that you have the testimony of the overcomer. And as he comes in as the king of glory, the enemy will come in and the Lord is setting the enemy up that he might be able to be dealt with in the midst of your life. So don't woe is me, we're entering a new battle. God is setting you up to win. And remember, amen, that's, that's a good time to, to clap your hands. He is setting you up to win, but he's also setting you up that you will never be able to think like you did before because an overcomer and a king does not think the same way you and I have thought in times past. Not only that, let me just ask you this question. A king doesn't battle the same way a soldier does. There is a governmental positioning that you're going to battle from. And we're going to have to learn that. Now, before you get overwhelmed, you got to remember this. Even at the perfect completion, uh, seven, you know, uh, uh, Jesus created the earth six days. On the seventh day, he rested. I believe, beware of distractions. You're not battling from a position of effort. You're battling from a position of authority and kingship. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to bring changes in the earth faster than you and I have ever seen in our lifetime. But he's also going to affect it individually in your own lives. And so you cannot say, this is going to be like last time, because it is a different season. Could you stand to your feet? Father, right now, we just thank you. You are the king in glory. You're, Greg, you are the king, strong and mighty. Father, we welcome you into the gates of our own lives. Father, we welcome you into the gates of this church. We welcome you into the gates of this city. We welcome you into the gates of this state. Father, we welcome you into the gates of this nation right now in the name of Jesus. And we welcome you to come in in your glory. We welcome you to come in strong and mighty for battle. Father, we welcome you to come in that we cannot separate your kingliness, your glory, and the fact that you are going to do battle and you are going to extend territories during this time. And so, Father, we thank Thank you that as a prophetic house and as a prophetic people, Father, that we partner with these areas, knowing that all those other things that need to be perfectly completed in our lives, that you are doing that because it's not that you're going around us. Father, you're working with us in the name of Jesus. And I hear the Spirit of God speak over you personally. Uh, storehouse. Did I say that right this time? Father, we, that speak over storehouse. I know we have some visitors here, but if you, this isn't your church, your storehouse this morning. And the Spirit of God says this to you. The Lord says, I'm going to cause, says the Lord. He says, where you have been willing to keep the, the flames fanned, the Lord says that where you have been willing to 
to operate in small groups to keep the momentum going. Where you have been willing, says the Lord, he says, to, to prepare the food for the many and yet end up feeding the few. The Spirit of God says, I'm bringing a great change on the inside of you. And you heard on the inside, I hope. And the Spirit of God says, because the expansion that I'm bringing is first on the inside, says the Lord. The Spirit of God says, storehouse was never for you. Storehouse was for you, your family, your neighbors, says the Lord, your work uh, uh, colleagues. The Lord says it's for those you go to school with. The Lord says it's for those that you meet in the day. And the Spirit of the Lord says, so I am bringing forth, says the Lord, out of your inward parts, a living invitation. Not inviting people to a building, inviting people to an encounter, says the Lord. And the Spirit of God says you're going to see. He says it is not He says, simply a strategy, a campaign that is going to birth and grow this house to the next level. But the Lord says, it's the living invitation that I am releasing within you, storehouse, says your God. But then I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this. The Lord says, the enemy has had an old strategy against this house. And the Lord says, I am not coming simply to expose it. I am coming to pull that splinter out this morning, says the Lord that it does not have the ability to continue as an irritant. Now, did you hear? God called it a splinter, not a big thing, right? But he called it, he did not call it a stronghold. He called it an irritant. The Spirit of the Lord says the enemy has come against marriages in this house. The enemy has come against, says the Lord. He says, uh, husbands and wives and relationships. And the Lord says, because the enemy has been frightened of the corporate authority, he says that is released from this place. And so the Spirit of God says, it is me that has put my thumb and my forefinger on either side of that splinter this morning. And I am pulling that out, says the Lord. And the Lord says that even as I do, The Lord says that I am putting, just like a a, a mother would wash a skinned knee of a child with a little bit of her spit, I'm putting my spit even on that, says the Lord. And just as you've seen that, give sight to the blind, says the Lord, and bring restoration to bodies. The Lord says, I'll leave no place, scar, pain, or claim to that irritant any longer, says the Lord. And the Spirit of God says that I will cause, he says, for you to be a people. He says, instead, he says, strong relationships, strong marriages. This will even become a place where where a lot of weddings are going on. And the Lord says that this will be a place, says God, he says, for for a barrenness to be broken. And this will be a place, says the Lord, for reconciliation to come. And this will be a place for streams to be able to come together, says the Lord. For the Spirit of God says, I have not forgotten why. I have built you, and neither has the enemy, says the Lord. But the Lord says, surely, he says, I declared to you, I have removed his irritant that it might not be placed there any longer, says the Lord. Father, we rejoice, and we receive that into our own lives and the life of this church in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you could be seated just a moment. I've got like 18 minutes, and I can prophesy to many of you in 18 minutes. Uh, If Pastor Tracy would just stand up first. Father, I just bless this woman. God, I like her. I love her. But I know you like her, and you love her even more than that. So, And the Spirit of God says, when I was prophesying earlier about uh, 
cost him privilege. The Spirit of the Lord says, daughter, he says, that's been, he says, your life. But I heard the Lord say this. The Lord says, uh, you are a woman, says the Lord, that you've already decided what you're going to use, what you're going to take, the currency of the privilege and pay for, says the Lord. And the Spirit of God says, daughter, he says, because of that, the Lord says, daughter, he says, I will cause there to be a different type of gathering anointing. And I'm not just talking about numbers. I'm talking about core group and I'm talking about agreement and I'm talking about leadership and I'm talking about skill sets and I'm talking about finances to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. And the spirit of the Lord says, daughter, he's because you've already counted the cost and decided what you're paying your privilege towards, says the Lord. But I heard the Lord say this to you. The Lord says, daughter, he says, you will not be able to accomplish as the Lord. He says, all the things that I've called you to do. He says, without, he says, the natural courts as well as the courts of heaven, says the Lord. And so the Lord says, I'm bringing alignment in relationships with those, says the Lord, that can work on the ground level as I have given you a strength, says the Lord, to be a part of the air force, says God. And so, Father, right now, Father, we just, even as we don't know what we're praying, when we pray in the Spirit, Father, we're releasing these on their behalf, Father, that the things might come perfect alignment that they might see. Father, that their hands might be on the doorknobs. Father, that they would be ones that's able to not be, feel like they're on the outside of that which you've already called them to be inside of. In the name of Jesus and everybody in agreement says, yes, God. Yes, God. God bless you both. Amen. Hallelujah. I am already past my time. Could you all stand to your feet? And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying this. This is not about 2017, this is about where you are right this second, right now. The Spirit of the Lord says there really was a day. He says that I was laid in a tomb, says the Lord. There really was a day, says the Lord. He says, for a moment, I felt confined, says the Lord. There really was a day, he says, when I wondered why my father's presence had left me. There really was a day, says the Lord, when I felt like, do I have the ability to make it through this day and get to the next? The Lord says, that was your yesterday season. That is not your today season. The Lord says, your today season is I am the resurrection, says the Lord. And the Lord says that the same spirit, he says, that dwells in me, dwells on the inside of you. The Lord that says that spirit of resurrection, the Lord says, you're going to see moving past, moving out. And the Lord says, even as you do, the Lord says, don't do it just for yourself. Make room for others around about you. Father, I bless this house. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, amen. Now, I know to this, my side over here, I think from remembering being here before, there was some type of little coffee shop here as well. Is that right? If, can I just say this? The hand of God is pushing very strong in that direction. To me, that means walls are being opened in this direction. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we push past the coffee shop, but, Father, we push that next wall as well. And, Father, we thank you right now. Father, we're not, we're not making this happen. Father, we're watching your hand. You're pushing walls out. And, Father, we just say thank you and please hurry. Amen. Amen. <laughs>